Hey everybody, this is Joey, and I just want to jump in here at the start, just do a quick intro, because this podcast is going to be a little bit different than the podcasts that I've published in the past. So what you're about to listen to is a recap of last night's PE chat. Now, if you don't know what PE chat is, it's a Twitter-based chat that I've been hosting since 2012, which is crazy. Um, And the way it works is that, you know, we'd have moderators, and then the moderators would share questions via tweets, and then anybody who wants to jump in could follow along the chat using the pchat hashtag and then reply to any moderator questions with tweets of their own. It was a ton of fun, and over the years I've tried to help pchat evolve and just change it up and try and keep it fresh and keep it fun and keep it new. And recently, Twitter just announced a new feature called Twitter Spaces, which is a platform within the Twitter app that allows you to have live audio conversations. And as I was exploring Spaces, I got to think, I was like, this would be amazing for PE chat because for a lot of people, you know, PE chat's kind of like this intense like hour of time. It's you're logging in, you have to be focused on what's going on. You're following the P, uh, the the hashtag. You're trying to write your tweets, edit your tweets down to 280 characters while staying on top of everybody else's tweets. It's just kind of wild. Whereas with Twitter Spaces, PE chat becomes you log into the space, you know, having the audio playing on your phone, and then just having a conversation with people. You can jump in, you can talk, you can just listen in if you're doing the dishes or if you're having a glass of wine at the end of the day, whatever it may be, okay? It's just an opportunity for you to get to hear new ideas and get to put some voices to the faces that you know from Twitter and to connect with teachers in a different way. So what you're going to hear here is a recap of last night's P-Chat, which followed a Phys Ed Pub PD format, which means that we had different teachers jump in, they got to share an idea, and then we had a quick conversation about their idea once they've shared it. Now, what you're going to hear here is teachers who did not prepare for this. Okay, nobody, this isn't like super highly polished uh, conversations or anything like that. It's just raw teachers having fun together, sharing ideas, trying to learn from each other, and just being a part Mm -hmm. of a fun group. So I hope you enjoy this uh, podcast. Um, If you like these recaps, let me know on Twitter, okay? I'd really like to get your feedback. I want to make sure that I'm tailoring Peach as much as possible to meet all of our needs right now. And I really hope that in the future you get to tune in to one of our Twitter spaces-based PE chats. I hope you get to jump into the conversation, and I hope to hear your voice. So thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the show, and happy teaching. Hi, everybody. My name is Joey Fight. I'm the founder of thephysicaleducator.com, and I'm the lucky guy who gets to moderate this PE chat tonight. Now, this is the first ever PE chat that's taking place on Twitter Spaces, and I am pumped that I get to hang out with all of you here. 
Tonight's PHF format is a Phys Ed Pub PD, which I'm super excited about because I actually got to host a couple live Phys Ed Pub PDs back in the day before, you know, just everything happened. And they were a blast. The idea was that we'd get a bunch of PE teachers to meet up in a pub where we could hang out and catch up together. And at some point, we'd all make our way to a table and then take turns sharing an idea that we came up with in our teaching. After each idea was shared, we'd have a quick discussion about it before moving on to the next person who wanted to share. Now, these nights were a ton of fun, and that's why I want to bring that same kind of energy right here on Twitter. This year has been so nonstop and incredibly overwhelming for everyone. It's just Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting, back and forth rule changes, and constant returns to the drawing board. And it's just been all business all the time. Even these virtual conferences that we're attending, you know, you're just sitting in session after session, and you're missing out on all those opportunities to just be able to kick back and shoot the breeze with fellow teachers. My hope is that this Phys Ed Pub PD helps fill up that social void that this freaking pandemic has created. I want this to be a safe space where we can laugh and be vulnerable and learn a bunch and just have some good old-fashioned fun together. So, that being said... Go grab yourself a drink or a snack or both, get yourself comfy, and let's get rocking and rolling. So the first thing, I just want to welcome you all to Twitter Spaces. I know that for a lot of you, this might be your first time using Spaces, so let me walk you through a few of the essentials here. So I'm the host, which is why you can hear me talking right now, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to be the only speaker here tonight. This being a Phys Ed Pub PD, you are all welcome to request to speak should you wish to share an idea with the group. Now, by the way, just a few things. First, speaking here isn't mandatory. If you want to share, then go for it. But if you just want to lie back on the couch in your PJs while sipping on that glass of wine, mm-hmm, you go on right ahead and do that. I'm not here to judge. I'm here to moderate. So you just do you. Second, I want you to know that I am recording this. A lot of teachers are too tired to make it this far into the evening, and that's totally understandable. For those teachers, I want to see if I could put together some kind of audio summary of the PE chat. Now listen, this is my first rodeo here, and I'm not even sure I'm going to get around to that. That said, if I do produce the recap, I won't be publishing anything without asking for your consent first. So if you speak tonight and what you say makes it to the recap, I'll be darn sure to ask you for your permission before publishing anything. You have my word. Now, third, this show absolutely has to end at 9 p.m. Eastern. I don't know if you all know this, but I live here in Montreal, Canada, which is a beautiful city. But it currently has a 9.30 p.m. curfew in place thanks to COVID. I love you all. I'm super fired up for this. I wish that we could just chat for hours on end. But I am not dropping six grand in a curfew non-compliance fine for all of you. So if you see me getting carried away, if you see me not even respecting my own timelines, boot me out of my own Twitter space. I need to get my butt home before I get fined. And finally, the last thing I want to say is that this is a tech-based show. And as you all know, anytime that tech is involved... Trouble is involved. Spices might crash. My phone might catch on fire. Heck, we had a freaking earthquake here this morning in Montreal. It's like maybe four or five times in my entire life that I felt an earthquake. It was crazy. All this is very new, and there are sure to be some kinks that I'll need to smooth out for next time. Just know that I'm going to give it my all here tonight. So thanks so much in advance for sticking with me through all the hiccups and awkwardness. That is 100% going to happen. Now, in spaces, you can react with what, to what's being said with emoji. So let's try that out here. So within your, your spaces window on the Twitter app, can everyone here try to react with a hundred emoji? I don't mean like, like 100 emojis. I mean the emoji 100. 
All right, cool. We're getting the hang of that. Next up, in your spaces view, you'll be able to see some tweets that I might share during the convo. You can click on those tweets to jump to them without dropping out of this chat. So you can hop right back here by hitting the bar at the bottom of your screen. And if ever, for whatever reason, you did actually exit the chat, um, you can just go back to your fleets and you'll find my, my purple fleet there. You just click on that and you'll jump right back in. So here's a, a tweet that I want to test this out with. So let's see if you can go to that tweet, drop a reply, and then come right back here. And by the way, tonight, if when you are speaking, if you've already tweeted about the thing that you're going to be sharing, um, one thing that you can do, it's 100% optional, is you can actually go in and um, reply to your own tweet, tagging uh, either my physical educator account or my Joey Fight account. That way there, I'll get the notification. I'll be able to share your tweet in the space as you're speaking so that others can go check it out as well. All right, finally, if you'd like to speak, you can hit the request button. I'm going to try and get to everyone here who wants to speak tonight, and hopefully you have time for all of you who do. When you put in your request, I'm going to get a notification, and I'll let you know when it's approved, in which case you'll be able to turn on your mic and just start talking. Now, there is a limit to the amount of people who can be speaking at once. It's 11, the host plus 10 speakers. So when you're done speaking, I may remove you as a speaker. And I'm not sure if you get a notification for that. Just know that I'm not booting you from the chat. It's just you're removed as a speaker so that I can make sure that there's enough space for everybody. Um, so like I said, that's what, like one of the things about moderating on Twitter spaces that has me the most worried is just trying to manage speakers. So bear with me if I make a couple of mistakes here. I don't mean any of it on purpose. I'm going to break the ice here tonight um, with an idea that I want to share with all of you, but I am going to need one of you to volunteer to follow up, all right? So I definitely want to make sure, I'm just basically giving some time here to queue up that request button uh, and jump on in here. But the idea that I want to share with you tonight is, is actually not a, a new one. It's something that I started in my teaching years and years and years ago when I first got to the school where I did teach, uh, which was St. George's School of Montreal. And I just wrote a blog post on this, and I tweeted it out, so I'm going to go find that while I'm talking here. Um, and basically what it was is that I was given some space at my school where I was going to be allowed to showcase some student work on this giant mural that we had or this huge board that we had. And while I was like thinking about, okay, how could I showcase student, uh, student work in the best way possible, I thought, you know what, forget that. Why don't we make like a huge mural that just has photos of like our students and their families being active in all kinds of different ways? When I got to St. George's School and I started talking about physical literacy, nobody knew what I was talking about. So there was a lot of educating that had to happen. And I'm a big believer in the power of creating that kind of like physical environment that just does the talking for you when you're not around. So the mural idea was this, I, I put this call out to families and say like, hey, like we're celebrating physical literacy within our community. If you have any photos that you, you're willing to share that you'd like to have up on the mural of you or your family being active, um, please go ahead and share them. And honestly, the response we got from that uh, that initial prompt was insane. Like I was not thinking I was going to have like these hundreds of photos that I'd have to print out at Costco and 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 uh, edit and everything because I put like the kids' names and and the activity and where it took place over it. Um, but it was awesome. It was incredible. And we wound up filling up these two gigantic boards in our hallway. And that just continued to live and grow over time. Now. What I loved about it is that, you know, like you'd find students who would be like taking the scenic route on their way to the bathroom, who'd like stop in the hall and like look at at um, 
at the photos and just talk about all the cool things going on. But especially during like school events, like concerts and stuff, like when families would show up um, and they would, they would take some time, they'd be waiting to go into the gym and they'd be looking at this mural and they'd be talking about how amazing it is. And they'd be looking, uh, asking questions about physical literacy. It was just this incredible advocacy piece. And last spring, when the school went into lockdown, you know, I was trying to come up with all kinds of different ideas on how we could bring that mural into like a, a digital space so that we could continue to celebrate how families were continuing to be active um, together throughout this, this lockdown experience we were all sharing. So I never actually shipped it, but I had started putting together this Google Slides-based version of the mural. And I blogged all about that. You can see it in that blog post. But basically what it was, it was an interactive Google Slides document where I would request photos um, through a Google form. So students, uh, families could upload a photo through Google form, give me some details in terms of their name, where it took place, any extra like comments that they may have. Um, and then I would upload it into this, this interactive Google Slides document. And what would happen is that you'd have this mural where you'd see all the photos, but then you could actually click on one of the photos and jump to that photo and see all the additional information. And one thing I realized is that when we had the physical mural in the school, a lot of families were getting activity ideas by looking at all the different activities that other families were doing. So that's kind of what I want to bring. And I created this, this digital version of it. It's all built in Google Slides. Um, it is available on the site for free, so you can go ahead and download that if you want to go with it. I've, I've already shared with a couple teachers who are running with it during their health month at their school. And they've shared their, their results with me, and it's amazing. Like, it's so cool getting to see all these families being active in different ways and just seeing how, you know, here's another tech tool that's going to help us stay together despite the fact that, like, a lot of us, like, there's still a lot of kids learning at home, and we haven't been able to have the kind of relationships and contacts that we've had uh, in the past. So that's my idea is a digital physical literacy mural to kind of use as, a, as an advocacy piece in your program and to promote your physical education uh, program. Um, and what I'd like to do now is pass the mic on to whoever would like to share their idea or open up the conversation to anybody who may have questions about, um, about my mural. So I'm just going to check Twitter to make sure nobody here is asking me questions here. No, we're good. So anybody game to share an idea? Like I said, big idea, small idea. There's no wrong answers here. All right, so we got Nathan. So Nathan, I've approved you as a speaker. You're connecting. Once Nathan jumps in here, he'll have the mic and he'll have some time to share. Nathan, you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Well, first of all, I, like I'm just about to jump on my bike and uh, and ride home at the end of a of a day here. I'm uh, I'm out in Vancouver in BC. Um, and first, I just want to say like awesome job and thanks to you for for setting this up again. PE chat's definitely something. Uh, that I've been missing. I, I used to love uh, moderating it back in the day um, when I was in Singapore, and, and I, I, this audio format I think is is the future. Like I know how tough of a job it, it was to try and keep up with all of the tweets, um, but being able to hear people's voices I think is going to be uh, be amazing. So I'm really looking forward to to this format, and and just thanks to you for for setting it up. Um, I just wanted to, to bounce off your idea. I, I love uh, this idea of the physical literacy board, and it's definitely something that uh, I've, I've used. I used in my school in Singapore after, after seeing uh, you set yours up. But just something that I'm, I'm sort of thinking about um, after hearing you talk about it just now is the idea of um, you're saying, like, you know, giving ideas to families um, for, for other, other things and, and maybe 
building off that that board to to add um you know that location or, or some way to, to share resources in the community like i know for our school like we've just been able to set up like a disc golf um course on our campus um and since doing that myself i have discovered that there are like three disc golf courses um within you know 20 minutes drive of the school um so you know if i was going to share my picture on that that physical literacy board or that uh, the digital space then maybe including those links to to those courses could be a great way to be able to share with the community um you know if this is something you're interested in here are the places that you can go to do it um and whether that's you know disc golf or whether that's different trails to hike on um or different bike paths and stuff like that so sort of you know that idea of adding extra stuff to those slides or to those images to give people not only the idea but but the place place to go as well so um yeah could be it yeah. could be a way to just expand it further i wonder if there's any way that you can make like or embed um an interactive google maps within a google slides document like i've never actually done that but i know that you can create like maps where you can like put down locations because i can't remember when but we did something similar that with some kind of school event but there must be a way that you're able to do it or at least make that map and then you know like um Elise Lachlan's running with the digital physical literacy mural right now, and she has it embedded on a Google Sites that she created for her health month at her school. Um, and I wonder, like, if below that you could have like an embedded Google Maps that has pins at the different activities that get mentioned in the map, because it'd be really easy to like, like in the activity location part, like it'd be easy to create a hyperlink that could just jump to like their, let's say, like if I was sharing like h2o adventures is a place here in montreal where you can rent like boats and kayaks and go um go on the on the canal here through the city uh you know it'd be easy to create a hyperlink that jumps to like their their business's webpage. and even like you know if you're talking about healthy school communities uh being able to then create partnerships with those businesses and saying like you know like if you're being directed from here or whatnot like maybe you get like a a, a discount like if you're a member of this school community and there's definitely a lot of stuff to do there that'd be really interesting that's a cool idea yeah, for sure. Well, like I said, I'm about to jump on my bike and, and ride home, but I wanted to, to jump in and, and I hopefully can uh, jump on again uh, next time. But yeah, thanks so much for setting this up. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing where it goes. Thanks, Nathan. Appreciate it, man. No worries. Um, okay. So uh, anybody else who would like to take a whack at being a speaker here? Everybody, we, we got so many ideas here in this room. There's no way that we don't have any ideas. And like I said, it can be big ideas. It can be small ideas. Anything helps. Anything can just spark that like that thought process that can put you in a place where all of a sudden the creative juices are flowing and you're coming up with like some, some rock star projects for your school. Oh, wait, we got one. Here, request. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I think it's North Shore Volleyball is what I'm looking at. North Shore VB. Yeah, that's right, Joey. My name's Travis. How are you? I'm great. Yourself? How are you doing, Travis? Where are you from? Uh, good. I'm in uh, Traverse City, Michigan. That's the uh, northwest corner of the Lower Peninsula. So while I say I'm northern Michigan, I'm not the UP. Okay. <laughs> so I've got a, a fun game that I created. I don't know if people could use it. I think it's uh, it's a great multi-age. I teach at a K-12 building. I can use it for uh, instant activities for high schoolers, and we can work on it all the way down to one, two, three, four. So uh, the name of the game is uh, Softy Keepaway. And uh, so for us, a, a gator ball or the dodgeball type ball, it's called a softy ball. Okay. <laughs> so in, in the game, 
we have uh, two teams opposite sides of the gym. Uh, I've got a couple gyms, and I can divide them up into three playing spaces, like across the gym. So we've got uh, four or five kids on a team. Uh, each team has a softy. Uh, at the start of the game, each team throws to the opposite, so the ball is crossing in the air. Uh, that's to start the game. And then each team uh, has a ball to protect, and they're also trying to uh, retrieve the other ball. So it's kind of a keep-away game, but you're also trying to attack, uh, to tag uh, the other team to get the ball or to, to make an interception or to pick the ball up after it's been dropped. Uh, and basically the first team to have one person holding both of the softy balls is the team that wins. So it's kind of a, a keep-away, pursue kind of a game, and... Uh, it's quick. It's it's quite easy. Doesn't take a lot of equipment, and uh, it gets it's it's pretty heated, and the the kids are quite active <laughs> the whole time. So, the name of the game is Softy Keep Away. Softy Keep Away. All right, Travis. Yeah. Thank thanks so much. How, how do you, uh, one of the things I love most about games is how like kids like come up with like weird rules or like fun rules to, like add to the game. Have you ever had anybody like add something to the game, or did one of the rules that currently is part of the game like come from one of the students? Um. Well, yeah. So, like, naturally, like, when you pick the ball up, you can be tagged. So some of the more clever students have decided maybe I can kick it to a teammate. So technically, <laughs> I've never had any possession. So they can avoid being tagged. That's been a thing that they've picked up on. I can tell you that the, the hardest thing to teach the kids is, and, and we tie this in, is being honest. And, and if there's a chance that you got tagged, just directly give the ball to the student and there's no immediate tag back or just drop it some of the students will you know in frustration give the the ball a little toss or make it a little bit difficult for the person that tagged them to get that ball immediately so yeah that's i think that's true like across all grades with all activities right like you get those moments where they get heated and i think that's like one of the one of the best things that came out with like this like this this social emotional like kind of I don't want to say renaissance, but just kind of like this big push that we're seeing here and this awareness that's growing around social-emotional learning is just being able to recognize that, you know, like those moments that usually, like, especially like when you're early years of your, your career, like are so frustrating, um, they're really good teachable moments, right? Like there are opportunities for you to be able to um, uh, help students better understand their actions and help better understand what's causing those, those types of behaviors, like what emotions are driving that and gain them to reflect on that. I think that's one thing, like, I struggled with for a long time was, like, trying to reframe those moments. But the second you do, like, it's so powerful to the point where I know that there's games where I've purposely made the game unfair to try and bring out some of those stronger emotions so that we're in, we're able to create this context in which, like, we're, we're in the best place possible to kind of discuss the kind of things that are happening. And I actually see uh, my buddy uh, Carl McCurry's here in this, uh, in this space right now. And he's going to be my guest next week uh, for Peach at Radio Hour, in which we're going to be talking about um, social-emotional learning. Sorry, there's like construction happening out there. But Travis, I, I so appreciate you uh, taking, uh, taking that leap there and sharing with us, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, Carl, how do you feel about being queued up here as a speaker? I'd love for you to talk a little bit about um, some of the social-emotional checks that you've created at your desk for your students. Would you feel comfortable doing that? A little preview for next week. Carl, you hey, there? Jeremy. Hey, how's yeah. it going? Can you hear me? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm queuing you up here like this. You good? <laughs> no, I, I'm good. I, I, this is all new to me, so this is awesome. I love this uh, platform. Yeah, Carl, I know you've got a ton of ideas, and I don't want to reveal too much because I know that we're going to be chatting next week about social-emotional learning. 
Yeah. But maybe um, like one or two, like or like a practical idea that you use in your teaching. Uh, and by the way, everybody, if you've ever checked out uh, any of the resources I built around the zones of regulation, it was Carl that introduced me to that. Um, he's my, my SEL guru. So go ahead, Carl. <laughs> Thank you, Joey. Uh, yeah, I guess, look, I guess the big thing right now is is having these kind of like emotional check-ins for, for, for kids nowadays and, and even our teens. So just coming up with some form of consistent platform where, uh, where we can have our students um, prior to starting a lesson just just check in and become aware and we were talking about self-awareness before but become aware of where they're at prior to um starting their activity and seeing where the energy level is at um and in terms of their pleasantness so if you're going to use like we've spoken about this before but the mood meter is a pretty cool little check-in uh tool that ruler uses Mm -hmm. and so just by doing that you know and 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 having this little uh self-awareness internal we call it interception you know checking um to see where my energy is at and how pleasant i'm feeling will then give me kind of an indication of the type of session i'm about to have um either with with you know this is this is regarding the students either with uh my peers or my teacher and so on and i think the the beauty of a check-in also, especially if a teacher demonstrates it or models it, is the ability to show some form of vulnerability so that if something does go wrong, uh, we're on a level playing field. Mm. And so by doing that, uh, we're all learning at the same time and we have this kind of uh, innate, um, I guess, understanding of what's happening and then, we, and then we can just sort of help each other out also. So. Uh, I'm I'm big on a on a on a big check-in earlier on, and then a check-in at the end of the session just to see where you're at. And and by the, having a check-in at the end of the session, it's a really cool kind of self-assessment tool, isn't it? So mm-hmm. it's not just it's not just uh, you know um, uh, I guess an emotional check-in, but an assessment tool as to you know can I I can use it as a form of success or motivation or something like that. So. And Carl, just because I know that I had never heard of the mood meter um, and like I knew about the zones of regulation, but then you showed me the mood meter and I was like, just taken aback at like how much was in there. So can you just give like, like a quick little description of what the mood meter, like how, like visually, what does it look like? Yeah, you've got four quadrants, four colors. Um, And so basically on, on the vertical axis, we talk about energy. And on the horizontal axis, you've got uh, you, you've got pleasantness. And so, mm. basically, if you've got a high level of energy and a high level of pleasantness, you'll end up in what we call a yellow zone. And so, the yellow is you know things like happiness and proud and uh, excitement and and um, and and motivation and stuff like that. And then, if you've got high energy. But low pleasantness, you end up in the in the red quadrant, and that's mm. where you've got your anger and peeved and distressed type of, you know, anxious, worried type of um, emotions. And then if you've got low energy, low pleasantness, that's where the blue is, and so you have things like emotions like sadness and 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 despair and and uh, as low as like sullen kind of emotions and then if you've got 
a, a high pleasantness but low energy. We we talk about the calms mm-hmm. and the gratefuls and the uh, the the peaceful type of feelings and emotions. So there's about a hundred, I would say a hundred emotions on there. Yeah, uh, there's a lot. And, and look, it's just it's it is a lot, but it's just a really super cool tool for uh for our our students, including like uh, big big with the teens too, as to you know expanding your emotional vocabulary and getting the real connection between because emotions is all about um, making connections and understanding, yeah, and 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 that's where you get to. Make, expand that emotional vocabulary. So there's more than just happy, sad, and mad. And if we can get to, you know, Mark Brackett, who created it, he uses the word granular. So if we can get even really granular towards those types of emotions, then we're going to actually um, speak and, 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 and provide different interventions for children if they can explain really, you know, targeted towards the way they're feeling. So... Yeah, it's definitely a super powerful practice. And I've always admired the way that I, for those, nobody here would know this, but Carl taught with my brother for a while too. So we would always get together and we would just talk about teaching just seeing the way that what I loved about the way that you approached it is that the SEL components of your lessons always felt really baked in to like everything you were doing. It wasn't just like a, okay, well, let's do our check-in and let's, let's check out at the end it really felt like it had like a, a, a meaningful place in your lessons Then it actually guided the way that you would approach your lesson based uh, or at least your instruction with each student based yeah. on the data that you were getting, which is, I think is how it's supposed to be used, right? Like it's supposed to, it's supposed to be to yeah. lead to like actionable results. I, I guess, you know, uh, when we talk about best practice across education, it's got, everything's got to have a purpose. Mm-hmm. And so, so if it's just an extra, we're not going to have our students really connecting. And so mm. if you make it purposeful and you make it real, um, then, then it has its spot, doesn't it, really? And, and so that's the most important part. And, that, and you, you talk about that all the time, I guess, Joey, you know, about purposeful kind of strategies and, and, and games and so on. So it's, it's all the same, isn't it, really? So. It is just about being intentional in your teaching, right? That's right. That's right. Carl, my man, thank I'm, you so much. Everybody, if I'm you, not going to give too much away because yeah, about me next week. So. <laughs> so here's our teaser for next week, for next week's radio hour. And, yeah. just, uh, and then I'm getting to Dan because I see Dan's uh, putting in his request here. Next week's radio hour, the way that radio hour works is that it's a 30-minute interview. So I'm going to be talking to Carl about social-emotional learning for 30 minutes. And then the second half hour, we open it up to any questions that any listeners may have. So I'm really excited for that format. I think it's going to be a blast, and we're really lucky to have Carl be a part of that because uh, he's a pro. He's a he. He. I'm always. I'm always learning from him. So I really appreciate you taking the time, Carl. Thanks, Joey. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Take care. All right, Dan. I am approving you. Dan, you there? How about now? Do you have me? Yeah. How's it going? Fantastic. And thanks for having me. Dan, is this the first this. time we're hearing each other's voices? I, feel I, like I we, believe. Yeah, it might be. Yep. Dude, we've talked so so often together. This is wild. Thanks so much for being here. <laughs> yeah, thank, like I said, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm from outside of Philly. I don't think I say water or murder my dirger if you watch Mayor of Easttown. But, I mean, you tell me. I don't know if I sound like that or not. But uh, my district has been full-time in person for this entire school year. And wow. 
one of the things that I have found to be most helpful is, you know, as the class comes in, we have our little spots where eight feet apart probably, and uh, I let them kind of pick and choose where they want to sit as long as they're putting themselves in the best position to, to learn. And I open up by saying, hey, I hope you're having a great day. And if not, maybe our time together can kind of help turn that around. And then having said that, uh, is there anything that you want to share? And I just give the kids just time to tell me whatever's going on in their world. Ugh. And it seems like it helps to build those little relationships. I hear all about uh, grandparents that are coming to visit or that it was my dad's birthday or different things that they just got as presents and just stuff like that that kind of helps to set the tone and open things up for for the rest of the class session. And that's so amazing. And like it just okay. Two things. First of all, it reminds me. I I, I can't remember. I think it was is Larry McDonald, um, my my friend and mentor who passed away recently, who told me that like people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, and the fact that like you're taking that time at the start of your lesson to just be like, hey, nothing else here matters until we we talk and until we connect. Um, what a beautiful way to start your lessons. And I I don't know. I was. I was I was talking to a couple of teachers that I know that are teaching fully virtual right now. And it just feels that like in all of this, I don't want to say in all of this, because I do think there's some people who are really nailing the, like the distance learning and who are nailing, like even the in-school of all like the COVID, like, like here we had all kinds of like restrictions and everything. Um, I do think though that like the student experience kind of got ignored in a lot of that. I think the kids got pushed through like a lot of craziness nonstop. And to hear that you're actually taking the time to just say, like, hey, we're going to pause this and actually focus on what matters, which is, like, each other. Uh, what is What a great way to start your lessons. And what is it, such a simple, like, actionable thing that anybody can just start doing. Just to let you know, uh, let those kids know that you care. Dan, thank you so much for sharing that. Sure. And what I found it's not prohibitive to the actual lesson content. Like I've never not gotten through what it was that I set out to accomplish. So it's just like, like you, like you said, that little gesture at the start, it kind of sets the tone. That reminds me of, um, many years ago, I read a book called the Tao of Pooh and it was all about Taoism taught through like Winnie the Pooh. And like the big thing was that like Pooh bear goes like Winnie the Pooh goes really slow throughout his day, but somehow still manages to get everything done. <laughs> And that's kind of like one of the, 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 the core aspects of the philosophy. Dan, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate that. My pleasure. Thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, we have Kate Cox in the house. Kate is a, a good friend and one of the best teachers I've ever met in my life. So, Kate, the floor is yours. Oh, geez. Thanks, Joe. I, uh, <laughs> I just was tuning in to check out this Twitter space thing. I'm at the park. Uh, my daughter's doing girls on the run so i just popped on right before you started talking about your quest uh idea there yeah um so i don't really know all that you're doing other than you said share about uh something small or big and um i uh i don't know this year i've been on a a quest i'm still teaching virtually uh and uh i would say this year i mean i've been into the whole idea of the meaning physical meaningful physical education and what does it mean and a lot of it is just, to me, it's what uh, I'm discovering more and more. I think this idea of the COVID physical education really has helped highlight for me what is meaningful to the kids. Mm. And generally speaking, a lot, oftentimes it's fun, especially yeah. if it comes to um, fitness. 
So, uh, you know, a lot of kind of quests like you're talking about uh, and having them uh, similar to what you're talking about. I've had them create both um, yoga stories. I, I did a little, um, I did your yoga flow sequence actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we did that, but then I took it to the next, uh, I took it on and uh, we talked about creating a yoga story. And I got the idea actually a little bit from Will Potter while ago but then they just essentially created stories and used either existing yoga poses that we had done or created their own uh, and they made those just in google slides um you know page per slide and then we uh, shared about in class and they would uh just with peers so it wasn't like too too hard but mm-hmm. that was kind of fun uh, to do that and then we also have done uh the similar thing with just uh fitness uh fitness concepts so add in, you know, a story and they're going to run somewhere and they're dodging this. And, uh, you know, it's kind of fun. They, they create them on their own time and then we bring them to life, uh, in class. That's awesome. Uh, Kate. And I, I so agree. Like, I think like, I think back like on like the units I've taught throughout my career and like the best ones were the ones that were, that seemed just crazy at the time. Cause it was just like, they were pretty unstructured or like the kids had like as much choice as possible. Like, they're like, can I do this? And I was like, yeah, you can do anything you want right now. Like, I remember, like, kind of similar to the story I do, we did, um, we did action sequences. So before I actually turned it into my parkour unit, I used the same outcomes that I'd used for that unit uh, to create, like, this action sequence unit where the kids had to, like, create an action sequence that had, like, different locomotor skills, different levels, different relationships in it. And then they got to film it, and then I would add, like, um, uh, sound effects to their, their final video and everything. And like some, sometimes when you give the kids that kind of space, you'll be amazed at what like they actually like push themselves to be able to do. Like, it's just like, they're so like engaged by it and they just can't believe that they have all this freedom to actually go about their learning in their own kind of way and, and in their own meaningful way. Yeah. So a little bit of a follow up to that, something I'm planning on, um, launching probably i'm still working exact details but probably next week uh, is the we've done a lot of kind of create your own we've done create your own obstacle course and create your own this and that uh but i think i'm going to do kind of a create your own game Mm -hmm. uh and the game is going to be for them and this is actually the purpose of it is for them to figure out a game something that they want to do at their house all right again it with the equipment that they have and the rules and the, the limitations, you know, it's only limited to the number of uh, family members or friends are allowed to play with uh, safely at the moment. Um, so it's something, cause that's the other thing like transfer of what we do in class, you know, at a school situation might not be something they might enjoy it, but it might not be something they have access to. And so kind of like helping them realize going, launching into summer, like, Huh, you're only limited by your imagination. So yeah. take a game and modify it or come up with something totally new in your environment with what you have. So um, hoping to help them make that connection and realization to uh, do what you like to do with what you've got around. Yeah. So. That's uh, even like, I think like of like what Andy and, uh, and Jorge are doing out uh, at Cow school, just like with the connections to the community like one, I think one of the most beautiful things of this whole pandemic, like especially last spring when we were like in lockdown, just like walking around every day, like taking Ollie out for a walk, um, was just seeing the amount of kids riding bikes. Like so many more kids than we're used to seeing here in the city. And I think also because the streets were safer because people weren't allowed to go anywhere. So there were any cars on the road. Um, but just the amount of kids like just out riding bikes, exploring their neighborhoods. It was just like 
such a nice thing to see and just trying to find those connections for those students um, so that they can find that. Okay, I'm just looking at the time. Kate, first of all, Kate, you're amazing. Thank you so much for, for sharing. Uh, and I hope that you come back to every P-Chat because I love hearing all your ideas. <laughs> um, so I'm just looking at the time. It's 8.53. And if you weren't here at the top of the show, uh, we have a curfew here in Montreal. So if I'm not home by 9.30, I can get fine. So I think we have time for one more share if anybody has anything that they'd like to share. All right, we got Joe Bailey in the house. Joe, you there? Hi. Hi. <laughs> can you hear me? Loud and clear. Oh, this is cool. Sorry, I'm halfway through eating my dinner. So I was like, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't want to talk with a mouthful of food. Um, yeah, actually, I've just, I, I went out paddleboarding today. Oh, gosh, it was fantastic. No, I mean, kind of what Kate said and what you were saying, trying to make those connections to the students and what is out there in their community is just huge. So everything we've tried to, I've tried to do this year, unfortunately, has been condensed to the amount of time that we've had. Mm. But I was still able to get kids out on canoes, trying out paddle boards, taking it on. So, yeah, we're very lucky. We um, Our school's less than a mile away from a lake. Um, it's pretty safe. So I was able to take them down there and, you know, have an afternoon of um, putting their skills into practice and so on. Um, and today, over the weekend, I discovered that there's a brand-new disc golf course that just been literally. I saw you tweeted yesterday. that, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, Awesome. After I got home, I was like, well, how come I didn't know about this? And sure enough, the ribbon cutting was yesterday. Oh. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, listen, folks, this is out here. And my my two adventure ed classes, them is kind of, you know, really important because one of the, there's two things they do over the course of the semester is, and I, it is basically, I they do two projects where the idea is that they either try something they haven't done before or, or and or they do something, uh, they go somewhere they haven't been before. So I've got, mm. you know, students who play disc golf, but hey, brand new course, might not have been there. Um, students who've been to this park and that park, but they haven't got somewhere else. So yeah, it's all about how can you make that community ca- connection and encourage them to get out there and um, enjoy what there is on offer. I think it's even more important right now too, just because like, I even think like like travel being so restricted and everything like, a lot of people are forced to just really get to know their communities. And I think for a lot of people, you'd be surprised like how much is out there that yeah. you don't know about. Yes. And just think, the other thing I've been trying to do, you know, I heard, you know, Kate was mentioning meaningful P and I've been diving into that for the last you know, kind of couple of years. And the, um, I came across, uh, thanks to Mary Wentland, um, Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg. Oh yeah, uh, I saw that. About, oh, that's good. So again, it's like, and I, you kind of know this, you know, it's, it's, if you want to change anything, you've got to hit the emotion piece. And if you mm. look at meaningful PE, you know, the, the aspects of that challenge, well, that involves emotion, personal social interaction, that involves emotion, joy, that's clearly involves emotion, personal relevance, you know, emotion. So mm-hmm. trying to, and if we're looking to make change and, and I don't, I, I've been thinking about this. I don't want it to come across as we're trying to change students, but I guess it's change, develop, um, help them learn. You know, when we're trying to help them with that kind of process, the more we can add emotion to it, the, the more likely it is that it's going to stick. And if we do it in a small way, like show them, hey, this you can do this, um, we're more likely to get traction. So, yeah, I'm really interested to kind of see how I can implement some of the things I've learned from that, um, you know, I started tweaking around with it today with classes, but then kind of moving forward as well. So kind of kind of exciting. Yeah, and I don't think it's like changing students. I think it's really like like unlocking them. 
Like, oh, I like that. I, I think like you know like you hear people talk like we talked about it in our mission statement at the at the school where I taught and it was about helping students bring their full selves to the world and I always like that because I think that in a lot of cases you know the second we feel some emotion brewing we're like I don't have time for that I need to be productive and you wind up shoving that down but in being alive being human is an emotional experience and and you know like like I don't know if you heard Carl talking earlier. Um, but next week we're going to be talking all about social emotional learning. And like one thing like that I've learned through that is that we don't label emotions as like bad or good or whatnot. They're just, they're just emotions. Some are high energy. Some of them might be less pleasant or more pleasant, but sometimes the less pleasant ones are the necessary ones in that moment and trying to get mm-hmm. students to, to, to recognize those emotions and lean into them as opposed to trying to suppress them or getting caught up in their head and being like, well, I don't want to look like I'm into this because maybe it won't be cool or whatever maybe, but actually just, gain to be themselves like just unlocking their full like personality and their their the, all of their likes and all of their quirks and everything that makes them them so uh i i think anything we can be doing across the board in education to trying to get students to just love themselves for who they are as individuals is is work worth doing yeah that unlocking that's this that is so, that's the perfect terms i was like you, know, you never want to have a student think I'm not good enough that I need to change. Like, no, 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 it's not about that at all. Mm. It's about, you know, helping you develop, but unlocking, right? I'm going to, I'm going to make a note of that. That's an awesome term. You, you heard it live on PE chat first. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, 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 when I left, when I left St. G's, um, I was talking to my grade six students. My, my chat with each grade was a little bit different based off the age group. Uh, but one thing I told the grade six is that don't waste any time worrying about being good enough. You were born perfect and you're going to spend your whole life with the world trying to convince you that you're not good enough. So don't go ahead and do it yourself. Like if you're able to like avoid that kind of behavior early on in life, uh, you'll save yourself a lot of headache. And as I was like leaving the school, giving them, (laughs) giving them that, that very strange pep talk. Um, All right, Joe, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. So everyone that's, I'm going to have to wrap this up because, like I said, I don't want to get my uh, my COVID curfew uh, uh, fine. I think this was a good first take. I think this was a good first attempt at uh, at a Twitter Spaces-based PE chat. I like the, the, the pub PD format. I think we're going to keep working on uh, making sure everybody feels comfortable and, and just feeling good about being able to, like, know what you're expecting when you're coming in. So to everybody who spoke today from, like, Nathan to Travis, Carl, Dan, Kate, Joe, everyone... I just want to say I so appreciate you being the pioneers here tonight um, and being willing to share. And I'm, I really appreciate everybody taking time out of your evening to listen in here. Uh, I hope you had some fun. I hope you came away with a couple of ideas. I really appreciate that. Um, and I hope that to hear from you next time. I hope that you, uh, you find a, something that you feel comfortable sharing with. Um, so the next PHI is taking place next week. Uh, so it's going to be taking place next Monday night. And it's going to be a radio hour, which means that it's going to be a live podcast. I'm going to be interviewing uh, my friend Carl McCurry for 30 minutes, talking about social emotional learning. And then from there, we're going to be opening it up to a Q&A with all of the listeners. So any questions you have about social emotional learning, Carl is a pro. He's amazing. He's got so many resources. And you'll leave with a ton of practical ideas. All right. Thank you all so much for being a part of this crazy experiment of mine. I can't wait to see what the future holds for Chat. I really appreciate everything you're doing. Please continue to take good care of yourself and happy teaching. Night, everybody. <laughs>